0: You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary, presented by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and
1: theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico back with you. 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. The Happy Hour is sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting in Waverly. They bring your best ideas to life from concept to completion your project is their priority. Get a quote today by visiting EmpireFence.com or call 402-682-7658. All right, so good stuff in that first segment. We found out the folks really hate Kansas State. Apparently. Um, and that the FPI is a is complete broken. joke. It's Com- broken. Complete joke. Uh, we go ahead and transition to Husker Softball here with the voice of Husker Softball, Nate Rohr. Nate, good afternoon. How's it going?
0: Hey, I'm doing well, gentlemen. How we
1: doing? Good. All right. So, Fantastic. before we before we start about or start talking about Husker Salpa, how great was it to be back in Memorial Stadium on Saturday behind the PA, Mike?
0: Oh, it was wonderful. You know, the uh, uh, anytime we can get uh, fifty thousand or so in that building, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's a fun time, uh, and it was it was wonderful to be back. You know, the second half was a little more exciting than the first, and I know. Yeah, uh, The coaches were trying to keep some things under wraps, but just to get everybody in that building. It was a lot of fun.
1: I know you've probably been asked a million times, but how'd you come up with your third down call?
0: <laughs> you know, honest to God, I, I, I think just watching NFL games, like everybody else, uh, you hear people sell third down pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, a couple of people in the press box kind of challenged me. Uh, ahead of that Michigan game, uh, to push third downs a little harder, and so uh, I was kind of searching for something, and I'd heard it done a couple of times. And one good thief beats ten good scholars, so I stole it, and it seems to work, kind of. That's,
1: that's I love aw- it. That's awesome. I love everything about it. Continue doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's awesome. All right, so Husker softball, 30 and nine overall. 10 and 0 in the conference and on a 15 game winning streak. Their last loss, I believe, was March 15th against San Diego, and that was on a big road, like a game or a big stretch of road games as well. So you take it with a with a grain of salt. But that was at a time where we weren't entirely sure what this roster and team was going to look like. Just general question: How crazy fun has this season been to cover this Husker softball team?
0: Oh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, You know, I had heard from folks. Uh, around the program coming into the year hey it's different they've got a good energy about them Mm -hmm. Uh, and and you know you you take that in and you certainly uh, trust the people you trust in the organization but you also uh, take it with a grain of salt they haven't lost anybody nobody's beaten them they haven't been out on the road whatever uh so they start the season, and honestly, I was maybe a touch disappointed. I mean, you go two and three at the Unidome tournament, mm-hmm. um, and then the, the last losses you mentioned, to San Diego, and uh, that was a really disappointing doubleheader. But it seems from that point forward that uh, doubleheader sweep refocused this team. Uh, they've got a good competitive spirit about them. And, and you know, when you look at – at just how our season is set up with long weekends, a lot of travel, uh, having to play five games in three days, especially early. Uh, You know, you you see it it goes beyond talent. It goes beyond what you have uh, in terms of just raw ability. It goes into focus and how badly you want to be good. And I think this team pretty badly wanted to be good, and they've talked about Getting this program back to postseason, and that's really driven them to this point, and uh, really driven them to some high heights.
1: We talk about how talented this team is, and it's coming from every single position and throughout the entire lineup. Um, What has helped them get to this this part or this this area where they are thirty and nine? Because, like. They're getting contribution from everybody, and they're not necessarily like senior led either. It's it's been Mm. freshmen, sophomore, even underclassmen playing some big roles.
0: Yeah, and I think the most talented kids on the roster are the underclassmen. I think Mm -hmm. you know Billy Andrews is a national level player. Uh, Sydney Gray is somebody who I expect to be an All American by the time she's done. Same with Andrews um and and so you've got a couple of younger players who who are pretty elite but you also have some seniors in Farrell and 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 Courtney Wallace who are good players but who have the right attitude they've worked really hard they've they've been driven they're very competitive and I think their example has set the tone for the rest of this roster and then with these guys being hungry and not having been to postseason, that's just pushed them forward. So I, I think there's good leadership at the top. Uh, I know this team worked very hard on sort of that aspect, the the intra-program leadership, which has helped uh, push this team forward and help build the competitive mindset that they've shown. So uh, good leadership and then you know some talented kids who are very competitive for their own right.
1: We're speaking to the voice of Husker softball, Nate Roar. Uh, speaking of of some extreme talent, Maya Felder, the the Oregon mm-hmm. transfer. I mean, speak to speak to what kind of impact she's made over there at first base and in that lineup for for Ronda Ravel's squad.
0: Oh, she's been very important. I know. My big question coming into the year is how is this program going to replace Tristan Edwards? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's safe to say that that Maya Felder has plugged right in and done the replacing uh from the standpoint of how she's hit. It took her a little while to get settled in offensively. Um I think just transferring again. She's been out on the West Coast uh or at least in the western part of the country most of her uh, basically all of her life uh until she came out here. But uh she settled into her to her role. She had she had shown that she was a pretty good hitter at, at Oregon. Um, she was an all region player for them last year. I've been most impressed though, with what she's able to do defensively, man, at first mm-hmm. base, she's just a wizard as far as picking the ball, as far as getting to the ball. And, you know, so often at first base, um, that that's a position where you usually give a little defensively, you usually stick somebody mm-hmm. who, who might not be the best fielder, um, But they can hit, and you need somewhere to hide them, and so first base is often where they are. But uh, with with how this team is set up, it's not a big strikeout team. You need somebody at first base that can first field her position but also handle low throws, And, and Maya's done a great job in both those respects really throughout the year, and the bat has really come on after the first couple of weeks of the year.
1: You talk about Maya Felder. I'm going to switch this over to Billy Andrews. She is currently tied for third in Nebraska all-time home runs for a single season. You see her getting to first is is 22 from Allie Viola in 1998. You see her getting up there?
0: I think she can. Uh, I don't know if it's a slam dunk just from the standpoint that we've really seen teams pitch around her. I mean, Rutgers hardly threw her a strike. Only pitched to her once in a three-game series. And you think back on Barry Bonds, for instance. Very, he would get maybe two or three pitches to hit in a week and would have to do something with it. And hitters can put a lot of pressure on themselves when they have very limited opportunities uh, to come up in big situations. And we saw it uh, against Iowa on Tuesday. The Huskers had runners on. Uh, the wind was howling out to left field. And at least early in her at bat, it felt like Billy was trying to hit a home run, mm-hmm. and Ronda Ravel called her over, called time during the at bat, called over Billy, and, and though I've not been able to confirm this, I'm going to guess that that Coach Ravel encouraged her to just kind of stay within herself and and not look for the home run, and she hits a two run single up the middle. So so, I I think Billy can get there. I, I think she can. Uh, break the school record for home runs, but you know, even if she doesn't, what a phenomenal year out of her.
1: We're speaking to the voice of Husker softball Nate Rohr this weekend. Nebraska hosts Minnesota in a in a series um they do they they play on Easter, don't they?
0: Yes, that's right so
1: so they play on Easter, but they a three games set against the golden Gophers here who are a couple of games over five hundred. I mean, can you give us anything so far on Minnesota? What should Husker fans expect, and then why should Nebraska fans? Go head out to Bowling Stadium this weekend.
0: Well, it's a it's a good matchup against a program in Minnesota that has established itself as one of the best in the Big Ten Conference. They've had, unfortunately, quite a bit of coaching turnover. Uh, Jessica Allister really established the Minnesota program uh, in the last decade since Nebraska's joined the conference, and then she left for Stanford, and Jamie Traxel took Minnesota to a Women's College World Series a couple years ago. She left for Ole Miss, and so Piper Ritter is their coach now. Minnesota is a great offensive team, so uh, it could be a bit of a shootout this weekend. They're they're up over 200 runs for the season. Their lineup is, is very good. Natalie Den Hartog has 15 home runs. So I think offensively it could be a bit of a shootout, um, but at the same time, Nebraska's been able to handle good offenses fairly well. You know, Olivia Farrell has pitched pretty well to this point for the Huskers. Courtney Wallace had a gutty doubleheader against Iowa on Tuesday. She was a little nicked up, still found a way to win both those games. So uh, should be three great battles. It's a program that uh, has given Nebraska trouble recently because they've been good, but it feels like the pendulum is swinging the other way to where the Huskers could do some damage this weekend.
1: So with that, um, we always talk on the baseball side of things about how the big 10 conference just isn't really that respectable through in terms of, you know, when you compare them to other conferences for the, for the folks that might not know, how does this big 10 conference uh, in softball measure up against, you know, some of the, the other power conferences in the country?
0: Well, they're kind of fighting for their spot on the stage. I I don't think it's as extreme a case as baseball Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, softball, we've had more consistent top-level Big Ten teams going to the women's college series, hosting regionals, winning regionals. Michigan is usually in that category. Minnesota has had recent success. Of course, Nebraska went to the women's series in 13 and Mm won a regional in 14. Northwestern is having a great year this year. Uh, So especially at the top level, I think the Big Ten gets its proper respect where I think the conference kind of has to fight is at that in that middle tier on the NCAA bubble. Last year, the NCAA only took three Big Ten teams and as you look at the RPI this year, there is a whole cluster of Big Ten teams in the 30s in RPI. Nebraska's 30th, Wisconsin's 33rd, Illinois's 34th, Minnesota's 36th, and you know, above them you've got Michigan, Ohio State, and Northwestern. I don't think this conference gets seven teams in, even though the RPI would suggest that, that maybe they should. So I, I think the Big Ten in softball – is fighting for its place fighting for respect for that next tier of teams even though i think this year for example northwestern is going to be a top eight national seed.
1: nate last one before we let you go i'm curious do we feel pretty confident that nebraska though has has wedged themselves into a scenario where they're 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 feeling pretty good about their chances to get uh, to a regional
0: i think so um if you're in the 30s your odds are very good um and nebraska is sitting 30th right now so that would that would suggest that it's it's pretty solid uh and what's more nebraska doesn't need to run the table down the stretch they need to they need to keep winning their fair share uh and they have a tough part of their schedule coming up i mean you've got minnesota ohio state and wisconsin these next three weekends and the next two on the road and those are three of the top teams in the conference so if nebraska is competitive over those three series i think they'll be fine for regionals uh you just don't want to have a big slide at the end of the year yeah. uh that would give the committee some fodder to maybe keep you out
1: awesome all right nate appreciate the time as always we'll, we'll definitely talk to you down the road enjoy the weekend series against minnesota and and we'll, we'll we appreciate the time
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: That is the voice of Husker softball, Nate Rohr. Appreciate him, as always. Really good stuff there. Uh, Nebraska softball, once again, 30-9 and 9 overall, undefeated, 10-0 and 0 in the conference, and are winners of 15 straight. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, preview Nebraska baseball versus BYU, their series starting tonight, coming up next on the Happy Hour.
0: Download our app by searching 93.7, the ticket in your app store, to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.